the one that broke our chains with his death on the cross. Amen. This morning, I want us to start a sermon series for the month of July uh, entitled Claiming Your Victory. Thinking of July 4th, we have an independence, we have a freedom uh, from our oppression that they were experiencing over in England. We had men and women who wanted to come and to find another country, a place that they could serve and not be persecuted and have a right to religious freedoms. We still stand on those religious freedoms today, even though there are many who will try to say otherwise. You can look at our Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, and you can see the Word of God all through those documents. Our laws that have been formed have been formed through God's Word. We can look at those. We can see the Ten Commandments and many of them. But today, I want us to look at claiming your victory. Because as born-again believers in Jesus Christ, the victory has already won. We already have the victory, but so often we choose to sit on the sideline. We choose to not get out there and to claim that victory because even if we're sitting on the sideline, church, there is a battle that is going on all around us. And we are in that battle, whether we want to be or not. And as believers, we have the victory. It's up to us if we're going to claim that. And what I want us to do over the next several weeks is we're going to look at ways to help us claim your victory. We're going to look at your attitude. We're going to look at your armor. And we're going to look at your attack as we move through this. And knowing that the writer of our scripture, we're going to be turning into Ephesians. If you would go ahead and there and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. The writer was writing to the Christian church. They had been under attack, but what we've got to understand, what the exciting thing, what the key part of Ephesians is, is he's writing to them about their unity in Christ. The power that they had in Christ. The power of coming together through what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross. Amen. And that gives us all the power and it gives us all the victory. But how do we grab a hold of that and take that? If you've turned to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, would you please stand with me in honor as I read God's word this morning. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord. And in the might of his strength, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, having taken up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Also, receive the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times with all prayer and petition in the Spirit. And to this end, being on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints, as well as on my behalf that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel 
for which I am an ambassador in chains, so that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Father God, we come today. Father, we thank you for the precious gift of your holy word. Father, you through Holy Spirit inspired men of old, Lord, that you chose to write down and to pen these words. Father, so that you could express your love to us. And Lord, we see it through Genesis all the way to Revelation. And Father, within your word, you express your love, but you tell us, Lord, how we can live victoriously because of what you have done. Father, I pray now that you would help our hearts and ears to be tuned to Holy Spirit. That, Father, you would fill me now with the spirit and with the power, Lord, of your word to declare your message. Father, you knew who was going to be here today. Father, you know the message. Lord, would you help me deliver it? Father, would you just help me to step aside? And, Lord God, I just pray everything in the precious and the most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And amen, you may be seated. While we, we're looking at this claiming your victory, we've got to understand, as I said, the victory's already won. We know that the Bible tells that the victory was won the moment Christ died on that cross, went in the tomb, and three days later defeated death and come out of that grave alive. We are the only religion that can claim to have a risen Lord and Savior. All the others might claim to have mighty men and great men, but none of them even claim to have a risen Lord. We have documentation through God's word, through men have given their life, that our Lord was risen and through faith we believe that. And our victory was won there and we must claim that. But you know, I mentioned when we were started that there's a battle going on. If we're looking at claiming our victory, we think of battles. Today or tomorrow, we're celebrating the victory of us gaining our independence or our freedom from England. The release of the rule of the king over America. There are victories that have happened all through our lives. Many of us have had victories in football games, victories in sporting events, victories in all kinds of things. But the greatest victory happened through Jesus Christ. And if we're going to step up and get into this battle and fight it with victory, then there's some things that we need to know and some things that we need to look at. And today I want us to begin by looking at your attitude. The attitude toward this battle that we are all facing. Because I want us to understand that if we don't claim the victory, if we go into the battle with a mindset that we've already lost, guess what? We in the flesh will stay defeated. The victory's won. It's up to us to take it. The victory is there. What are we going to do? How do we do it? Well, the first thing with dealing with our attitude is... We need to know where your strength comes from. That's our attitude. When we're going into this battle, we understand that there's a victory. Where does the strength come from? If we're going to fight a battle, we've got to have a strength. All of these men, Brother Kenneth and many others in here that fought in the war, there was a strength. They had to muster up and come with that to go off in the battle. And we thank you, gentlemen, and any ladies in here who have served or family that did. They had to have a strength from within. Because there were many that went, what do we call it, um, AWOL. They just didn't want to do it. They fled. But the victory's there. Where does our strength come from? The first thing, let's look there at Ephesians 6.10. 
It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the might of his strength. Our strength comes from the Lord. We are strong, as it says, in the Lord. In our flesh, we are as weak as we can be. We cannot fight this battle in the flesh that we have. But as believers that are in the Lord, we have the strength of the Lord within us. Philippians 4.13 says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? We can do all things. Now, yes, this verse is often taken out of context. I hear it oftentimes that people want to go do something and they say, the Bible tells me I can do all things in the power of the Lord. We can do all things that the Lord has called us to do in the power of the Lord is the truth behind that. When you look at it, God give us the strength and the power to do what we need to do. God gives us the strength. Those of you who are joining us on Wednesday nights as we're studying, sharing Jesus like it matters, We understand we've got to have a strength for that battle, and that strength comes from the Lord. But for all of us, we're in a battle against the evil one. And we've got to have strength, and in our flesh, we cannot fight this battle. But in the Lord, we have all the strength. I want you to think about this just a moment. The moment you received Christ... Holy Spirit came and indwelt in you. And when he came, he brought all the power of the Lord God Almighty is within us. We have to learn how to use that. We have to stern that it's in him. You see, the strength came because Christ already won the battle. Turn in your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 5, verse 18. Romans chapter 5, verse 18. And it says, so then as though one transgression there resulted condemnation to all men, even so through one act of righteousness there resulted justification of life to all men. For as though the one man's disobedience, the many were appointed sinners, even so through the obedience of the one, the many will be appointed righteous. Now the law came in so that the transgressions would increase, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What's that talking about? We've studied this recently. One transgression, Adam and Eve, sin entered the world. Sin has affected everyone since Adam and Eve, but through the one, Jesus Christ, we receive grace. We receive life. Verse 21 said that sin reigned in death, and so grace would reign through righteousness. We have a power to fight this battle. The victory is already won. We have to understand that our strength comes from none other than the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and a saving faith in him. But 1 Corinthians 15, let me just read to you. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 56. Now the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gave us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our strength is in Jesus Christ. It's in no other. Hebrews says that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death. That is the devil. The devil had the power of death. The devil leads to nowhere else but death. 
And the death of Jesus Christ, he took that and he made the devil powerless. Amen? The devil cannot hold us. The chains are broken. But we've got to have that mindset. And also our strength that is in the Lord comes from the armor of God there at Ephesians 6 verse 11. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Might say the wiles of the devil. What is this word? In the Greek, this word is methodia. It might sound a little familiar to her. How about a method? You see, Satan isn't just out there free, willy-nilly trying to attack us. He has a method. He has a scheme. He has a plan that he comes in and his strategy. And our strength is in the Lord through him. And the Lord gives us this armor that we're going to talk about next week. But we must understand that we have to wear all of the armor. If you notice there, it says that you are to wear the armor that the God has given us. It says, put on the full armor of what, God? Don't put on your own armor. Let me tell you, I've tried this before. You know, go ahead and learn from my mistakes. This devil, he's real. He's alive. He's active. He's scheming. And he's a lot slyer than we are. And it doesn't matter how I go at him in my own strength. I failed every time. The only way possible, church, is to put on the full armor of God. It doesn't say put on our armor or the man's armor or anything else. It says put on our armor. Let me read to you if you want to turn to 1 Samuel. A little story you might be familiar with. 1 Samuel 17. There's a young boy named David. His father sends him to go check on his brother's. When he gets down to the battle that's being fought, he sees the Israelites, God's chosen people, standing there. And so often, a couple of times a day, this big tall man from over on the other side, the Philistines, his name is Goliath. You've probably heard of him. He comes out, and in his deep, boisterous voice, he stands up, and he taunts the Israelite people who have already won the victory because they're God's people. But what do they do? They shake and they run the other way. This little boy that God has chosen named David says, let me go. I'll go fighting. Listen to this part of the story in verse 38. Then Saul clothed David with his robes and put a bronze helmet on his head and he clothed him with armor. And David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. And David took them off. Then he took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had even in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. Now here David is going as a young boy, much smaller than all of these men who have fought in the army, definitely much smaller than Goliath, 
Saul wants to give him all of his armor. You can imagine a little boy being weighed down. Have you ever seen a little boy try on a fireman's outfit? You know, they just kind of wobble. They can't do anything. You know, we cannot approach the devil, no matter how good we are, no matter what we have, with man's armor. God provided for David. He had trained David with that staff and that slingshot. He had fought bears and lions and what, so it's, we can go wizard bears, lions, and tigers, oh my. You know, he fought all of this using what God had given him, what God had prepared him for. And that's what we have to do. Our strength is in the armor and it is the armor of God. Not only must you know where your strength come from, You need to know where your struggles come from. This is very important. Where our struggles come from. Back in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. It says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world forces of this darkness. Against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. What is this struggle? When this word was written to those in the day that Ephesians was written, this struggle would have talked about a hand-to-hand combat dealing in wrestling. For us today, we're in a hand-to-hand combat against the evil one. We're wrestling constantly between the flesh and God. This battle that goes on, we need to understand that this struggle is real. And in the day of their wrestling, we have high schools and professional wrestling matches today. You've all seen it. You get out there, they'll wrestle each other around, they'll get down on the ground, and then the referee or whatever they call him gets down there and he'll count and done, and the game's over, you shake hands and off they go. This hand-to-hand combat, this wrestling from Ephesians, it was a matter of life and death. When they went into these games, the victor lived and the one who lost died. It's the same battle we're in today, church, that we're wrestling with is dealing with life and dealing with death. And we need to understand where these struggles come from. Uh, He puts in here that the struggles are not against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against ourselves. Oftentimes, I think I am. Oh, if I could have just done better. Oh, look at what I've done. You know, we're not even fighting against our government. As much as we might think that the government is causing some issues, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. This was what makes this battle different. Flesh and blood can be seen. I can see you. You can see me. When we go to battles today and army men and women go, they see their opponents and their battle. That's flesh and blood. Whatever's being attacked can be seen. But that's not the battle that we're talking about here. It's not the battle that the victor's already been won. It's against the darkness. It's against a battle that we cannot see. Believe it or not, the battle is against... Satan and his demons. It's not a word we like to talk about in church. Waylon wants to talk sometimes when Halloween comes around about demons. No, we're not going to. But there are demons and they are real and they are active today. The Bible tells us that at one point in time, this devil 
was one of God's own angels. Beautiful. Beautiful angel. He's not this little red man with a pitchfork, horns, and a tail. You know, if he was to come and I would just see him walk in that door like that, I'd run the other way. We all would in a heartbeat. But what did we say? He's a schemer. He was beautiful. And when he comes now, he comes in light to try to make us want him. You know, I've heard before that he was one of the choir directors. Think about that for just a moment. He led the heavenly host. What is one of the most ways now that the devil gets into people's minds through music. He's still doing it. The music just enwraps people. And the devil is involved in some. But then he, he talks about here these rulers against authorities, against world forces, and against spiritual forces. What is that? That is a hierarchy of the demons. Just as we have angels, we have God, and we have Jesus. Then there's angels. We have Gabriel and Archangel. You know, we have all of these angels. Just as in the government today, we have a hierarchy. You have Satan that is at the top, and then there's rulers, those that are ruling over others. Those who are in places of authority, world forces. You know, there are some demons out there that infiltrate into the world forces into the government they're in control and it talks about the spiritual forces of wickedness those that are just stuck into idolatry stuck into pornography stuck into homosexuality these sins that the bible lists and it goes home and that they just want to approve of and say that they're good they're in this battle and these demons are ruling they're all out there and we don't see them but know that the struggle that we're fighting and this is why it's important the struggle we're fighting is against the devil that we can't see Why is that important? You know, the devil would love to come in this room right now and divide us. Have somebody do something. And then all of a sudden, now Rhonda, I'm going to use you an example. Rhonda's done nothing to me though. You know, Rhonda could have done something. And I I just get mad at Rhonda. And it begins to fester. And it begins, you, you just wouldn't believe what she had said. Behind my back, all that I've done for her. Do you know where the mistake is? I'm not battling Rhonda. That's what the devil wants me to think. But if I can see Rhonda, if you can see the person, that's not who you're battling. We're not battling the government, any person you want to name. Everybody's got their opinions out there. It's not that. It's the forces underneath that we can't see that we're battling. And that church is why we have to put on God's armor because God's won the victory. God can see it. And the scripture is what? Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. We must know our struggle. And when we know that our struggle comes from the dark forces and not from flesh and blood, it makes the battle just a little bit easier. We must know where our strength comes from. We must know where our struggle comes from. And you must know where your stance comes from. Where are you going to stand? Let's look at Ephesians 6.13. 
Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. The full armor of God. We're going to look at that over two weeks. We're going to look at it different than we've looked before. But why does it so precisely say, take up the full armor of God? These soldiers that Paul was writing about, he understood he was chained to so He knew the armor that they would wear. Imagine a soldier today. Let's picture a soldier today. He's going to get ready to go to battle. He's issued a helmet. He's issued a, a jacket, some pants, and some boots, and socks, and a gun. And he's ready to go to battle. Arm up. Let's get dressed. The commander gives the call. Well, this one soldier, he puts on his hat and his shirt and his pants and his socks and boots. And be sure and change your socks every couple of hours when you're out there. And he goes out to battle and he's ready to fight. Did he put on the full armor of God? Did he put on, not full armor of God, everything he was issued? He didn't take his gun. What's going to happen when he steps into battle? He's probably going to be the first one taken out. And if he's not, he's definitely going to affect those that are around him because he can't protect them. If we don't put on the full armor of God, every single part, there is a missing link. There is a weak link. And let me tell you, this scheming devil knows. He's smart. And if you're missing one piece, you've given him an inroad straight into this battle. And it's going to be a struggle. James 4, 7 says, submit therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Church, that is a promise from God. James tells us that if we submit to God, we put on God's full armor and we resist that devil as he's coming, he will flee. He will hightail it. He will run it like a cat with a firecracker after it. Now, I'm not going to say he ain't going to get out there about 100 yards, turn around and come back. But when we resist him, in the name of the Lord, he flees for two reasons. One, he's scared to death. Two, he knows he's already lost it. And the power of the name of Jesus Christ, he can't stand against. So we must put on this full armor of God. We've got to understand this. And it says that we're to stand firm. We are to plant our feet in the ground. We need to already have decided through our faith in Jesus Christ and this armor that we're going to stand the ground that what the Bible says is the ultimate authority. The truth is here. The buck stops here. And if Satan says anything different than this, it's wrong. If there's anything different from this, it's Satan. We've got to stand firm on this ground. And when you do that, when we resist and we stand firm in the armor of God, church, we have already won the victory and we pick up and we claim our victory. It says there, therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist the devil in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Church, are you ready to claim this victory? It's ours. 
the first thing we have to do is to have our attitude right. If you go into battle doubting, if you go into the battle scared, it's going to make it difficult. But imagine if you were the opposing force and you looked up over the horizon to those that were fixing, that you were fixing to attack and you saw every one of them coming, standing straight up, shouting a victory cry. The enemy forces live will just turn around and go on, church. That's us today. As Christians, we can stand firm. We go into this battle that we face every day. When you wake up every morning, thank God for life. His death, burial, and resurrection changed everything. And as believers, the battle's won. We have the victory. We need to have the mindset that we have the victory. But we understand that that victory comes through knowing where your strength is. Where does our strength lie? Come on, in Christ. Our strength is in Christ. We need to know who the struggle is and it's not against our brother and sister. It's not against flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities of this darkness. And we also need to, not only that, but we need to understand that our stance is to be stand firm. Let old Satan come. Stand firm, plant your feet, get them shoulder width apart. Now that boxing stance. And be ready with the armor and in the power of God because you have the victory. And we take that stance and we'll claim that victory. Amen. May you bow your heads. Father God, we just come before your throne now saying thank you. Thank you for the victory, Lord, that was won, Lord, through your grace and your power of sending your son, his obedience to come, Lord, and to die on that cross after living a perfect life, to go into that tomb dead, and, Father, to rise out of that tomb through your power on the third day. Father, he defeated death. The victory at that very moment for believers is already won. While we might struggle and we might fight and wrestle, Lord, the day is coming, Lord. The victory is already won. The final battle is won. Father, would you help us in these scrimmages, Lord? Would you strengthen us? Father, would you help our attitude as we look at this battle and understand that it's already been won? May we not approach it weak and scared, but may we approach it head on in the power of Jesus Christ. Father God, I just pray everything in the precious, most holy name of your son, Jesus. Amen.